0: Mexico will not pay for the fucking wall.
1: Strong and
2: stable leadership. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. Hitler didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. Brexit means Brexit. We're thinking about building the wall as a solar wall. You thoughts shape him.
0: They're bringing
1: drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. From this moment on, please do not ever call us a racist party. The
2: Conservatives have no majority, no mandate, and no plan.
1: Just who the hell do you think you people are? Put on a proper suit, do up your tie, yeah! and sing the national
3: anthem!
2: There isn't a magic money tree. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Everything Left. As always, I'm your host, Amy Walker, and this time I'm joined by Hannah Simpson. Hi, everybody. And Adi Anang. Hello. Are people sick yet of hearing my voice? Probably, but you've all we got, so... It's <laughs> a good no, point. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We love having you on, Adi.
3: It's okay, my voice will change soon.
2: <laughs> okay, so, first story this week. The UK, we, we done fucked ourselves with our government. The uh, the Conservatives and the DEP have reached an agreement. Theresa May has given £1 billion of taxpayer money to stay in power. Is that the same
3: taxpayer money that they didn't have enough to pay medical staff?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the, um, it came from that magic money tree she said didn't exist.
3: Wow, that magic money tree grew
2: fast. I want a magic money tree. Me too. Yeah, and and that is one of the points that has a lot of people pissed off about this deal is all throughout the campaign they were saying they're doing what they can for for public services and, and hospital staff and police and all these kind of things but they didn't have any money to just inject more into the system and then she can find a billion pounds to give to a group that no one wants in power, but give her enough votes that she gets to stay?
0: Well, I mean, I think what links us together now in the UK and the uh, American government in Israel is that basically in all of these places, now the UK, I think it's the Conservative Party that's generally in power already, which is basically the same thing in Israel and basically the same thing in the US. And what they've now done is tied themselves to a bunch of reactionaries, which is going to stop them from putting together any kind of consensus legislation moving forward. So that's the Republicans here with the Tea Party. And that's uh, Netanyahu's party with all of the religious people that he ties to. And it's the same exact thing. The Republicans, even the moderates can't have a majority without the Tea Party. The Israelis, in the Likud party can't have a majority without the religious right. And there's a few different parties that they've brought on for that. And now the UK is doing the same thing. So basically, it's, I don't want to say it worked in Israel. I don't want to say it worked in the US because it didn't. But it's definitely following the pattern. And it's the best way to ram down the throat of legislation that nobody actually likes because it's the only legislation you can actually ram down. So Brexit, that's probably still coming down the pike.
3: So when are we quitting our respective countries and, like, making
0: up our own island? I mean, it's ironic, actually, because that's actually basically what the Jews did, is they channeled this centuries-long history of oppression and brought it into a modern movement over the last 150 years that said, we want to build an entire country from the ground up which is not to, something a lot of people have done in the modern age. But
3: to be fair, we we wanted to do it for over 150 years. It's just that in the twentieth, 19th century and 20th century, it started to catch up more steam due to the fact that people had modernized weapons that allowed better tactics to just get rid of Jews, be it in Russia or in Germany or in other parts of the world.
0: Well, it was the weaponization. It was Theodor Herzl being a lawyer in Salzburg, Austria, where there's a plaque saying this, you know, he says, I get it. I could never become a judge in this town. There is a, you know, glass ceiling, so to speak, for Jews. And it's the same thing for being a gay person, let alone a trans person in this century. So it gives me personally a lot of personal connect, or it gives me personally, A lot of direct connection and that the anti-semitism that at least i thought maybe until recently like very recently last year or two that i thought i largely didn't have to deal with in this country but my grandparents and great grandparents did i didn't have to i didn't feel it so i grew up in this like everything's peachy to be a jew but i was queer and i was seeing that and it says okay well i don't take the whole jewish thing for granted now because it wasn't always like this. And the queer thing is giving me that experience. So when I look at Israel and see that they created a state out of all of it, I think that's something the world and for that matter, the queer movement should be really excited by. And I think it's something that we should really learn a lot from in the UK as well, in terms of, how to, you know, basically do what they need to do right now, which is take, you know, a British government, which is what Israel had until 1948, and adapt it to their actual needs. And that might involve splitting up some land. Because I think what's really fascinating is that maybe it's England itself that has this problem, and it's dragging Scotland, Northern Ireland, and to a greater or lesser extent, Wales right down with it. And I think Northern Ireland is going to be the real brook on this whole Brexit problem, which is why the government is turning so right and trying to ram it down the throat. And that's where the war is going to start, because didn't they just in the 90s stop putting up barricades and stop bombing each other? And now you're going to say, hey, we're going to put up fences again and we're going to control this as the separate country that it is and control immigration and people's movement and working. That's just bad news bears, really. So I'm seeing this and I'm seeing the way they're doing it in an increasingly obscure and opaque way. And this government now that's finding money out of nowhere, the first thing they do is they find money out of nowhere. Then they find places to meet that are nowhere then they start pulling legislation out of nowhere. And, you know, the one thing I'm really curious about in the UK that we don't have here in the US is a queen. And what our little Queen Elizabeth Windsor II is going to do about all of this. But she's not going to be around forever, and I'd rather see her, you know, put some insight into all of this. And maybe we saw that from her little uh, EU-shaped, flag-shaped hat, (laughs) which was pretty baller.
2: Yeah, love that hat.
0: (laughs) Like, I really hope that wasn't just her being senile and accidental. That's got to be intentional.
3: No, no, no. She is not senile. That's She's, like, so sharp regarding her marks. And she's so shady. But really, what has
0: she got to lose at this point?
3: Yeah, it's not like she's going to lose her throne. She's in her 80s. She's been queen for, like, over 50 years. At this point, Theresa May may actually die before the Queen.
2: So, one of the uh, the things that's already come out from the from the deal with the DUP was just last night they they had a vote in Parliament to give a pay rise to public services, so firefighters, police, hospital staff, and they they weren't asking for a, for a large pay rise. I think um, the Labour Party put forward a one percent pay rise. And the Tories and the DUP voted together to shut it down.
0: Order Order. The
2: eyes to the right three hundred and nine, the noes to the left three hundred and twenty-three. Yeah.
3: The eyes to the right,
1: 309. The nose to the left, 323. So the nose have it. The nose have it. Unlock.
2: And you've got to bear in mind, this is, this is, what, a week, two weeks after the Grenfell fire? Where yes. the government's praising the bravery of the firefighters and the emergency services and the hospital staff. And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, yeah, you did great, but fuck you. You're not having any extra money because we've had to spend that so we can stay in power when no one wanted us in power because you didn't vote for us to be in power. It's it's bullshit. And the footage from, from Parliament as well is is so anger-inducing because they're they literally clapping and cheering when they found out that they shut down the pay rise. They're, they're really happy with themselves, and it's disgusting.
3: So my my issue here is... You paid £1 billion to get a bunch of idiots in power instead of paying it and giving pay rises to people who actually fucking deserve it. Because why?
2: Because it wouldn't benefit them to do that. And that's the thing with the, the Tory exactly government. Everything has to benefit them.
3: People, because it benefits them.
2: That's how my philosophy works. Yeah, but look, Theresa May called an election early because she thought it would benefit her. She lost seats. Her party was weakened. So she then goes and spends a billion pounds of taxpayer money in order to get those 10 extra seats so that she can remain in government. It's like... That's a hundred million
0: pounds per seat.
2: Yeah, it's... No one benefited from any of of the election it's like yeah the the labor party got more seats and got more votes and did so much better than we thought Jeremy Corbyn is hugely more popular now which is great but when the end result is the tories still in power pissing money away to people they really shouldn't be and and making the kind of deals they are and fucking people over what what's the benefit of everything that's happened even even they themselves haven't benefited because the Conservatives are even more hated now than they were before. Oh,
0: gosh. Welcome to Republicans.
2: <laughs> so That's just my, my little rant. <laughs> as soon as I saw the result from the, from the vote last night, I've just been raging inside.
3: <laughs> I would like to understand why people are stupid, but apparently no one can give me an answer. So I might stop asking... But that's
2: gonna take some time. So TrumpCare came in. Um, Anna, you're gonna know a lot more about this being someone who's uh, living where. Absolutely this is. American. Yeah, you know, you're, you're actually gonna be experiencing some of this shit personally. So it seems hugely popular. You know, there, you know, lots of people turned out at the Capitol to congratulate the senators. Oh no, wait, that's it. They they protested and were literally dragged out of the building and out of wheelchairs and arrested. It made lovely footage.
4: This morning advocates uh, for people with uh, both intellectual and developmental disabilities staged a protest and ceremonial die in over the Senate health care bill outside of the office of majority leader Mitch McConnell. Now he of course wasn't there because why would he interact with actual Americans? Um, But there were people cops who dragged bodily these protesters out. It got ugly, it got violent to some degree. And we wanna show you some both pictures, but also videos of what happened. So first here is some of the chants that were going on. And you see these people, at least 60 of them crammed into that little hallway. So there you see the chance, but they were only allowed to do that for so long. And then the authorities came in. And so I wanna play these new next two videos back to back for you. You'll see just how ugly it got, how willing they were to treat these people, advocates for people dealing with very difficult situations, to treat them as if they weren't even people, as if they weren't even alive, and you'll see it in these. So in the first video, I mean, you see a guy being picked up and carried like he's like a sack of grain, and in the second one, you see an elderly woman who was injured as they're dragging her out. Uh, there were reports that some of the people
1: were dropped uh, as they were being carried out. You know, if we have a hostage situation, we'll wait them out for a long, long time. Uh, but if you're a protester, you gotta go, these are powerful people here, they can't be bothered. I mean, imagine if Senator McConnell came back to his office and you guys were still there. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, like, gads, that would be tragic indeed. So it's a very- Imagine if effect- he'd
4: have to see people who were angry about what he was trying to do.
1: Yeah, it's a very effective protest. These are people who would be directly affected. They come in and and then you gotta drag out people who are disabled and and sick. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to look at, uh, and so I'm glad that they had the courage to go in there and do that. Of course, the most American thing could do is protest. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I, if I was the cops, I get it, they're in a tough situation cuz they gotta clear the people out. Clearing those folks out is really, really difficult. On the other hand, maybe a little bit more patience uh, and yeah. kind of find a way to peacefully dissipate it over a longer
4: period of time admittedly. Yeah. Where more senators would be subjected to Americans. as poor senators. Uh One protester said the government wants to kill me, which many people will, will see that and they'll think, "Oh, come on. But think about the consequences of the bill. I mean, we've broken down line by line basically what this thing will do. It will kill people, it will kill the exact sort of people that those advocates are working for. And yeah. so they are not overreacting. They, I would say that America is largely underreacting to how drastic the the changes that are included in this bill.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to get people all riled up in the wrong direction, and 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 I know that every bill has consequences, and when we go to war, it has deadly consequences. This has deadly consequences, unfortunately. But at the same time, if you put your shoes in the in the self in the shoes of those people who are already sick and there's things like a lifetime cap on insurance or that or a yearly cap that could be brought back because of this bill and if you if your treatment would have you run out of your yearly cap in April or June and then you you die without the treatment it's understandable why they would want to go and protest and yeah. say no no you guys don't get it this particular bill for all of its other advantages and disadvantages would literally kill me
0: It's not hugely popular. It's only popular with the five or ten people in the room who are actually writing it. The last (laughs) time they put out the uh, American Health Care Repair Act, or whatever it was called, the one that came out about a month ago, it was a disaster. And, you know, leave it to Republicans to say, hey, we have a total disaster here. That's not good enough. We can make it an even bigger disaster. We can make it a total, total disaster. We can ruin the lives of people who didn't even realize they were vulnerable, not just the ones who already did. So, you know, the thing is that people don't realize that a lot of these insurance companies and the employer system we have in America are unfortunately obsolete for the time that we're living in. So... So to give everybody an idea of kind of how this came about, many years ago, back after World War II especially, and even before then to a certain extent, when the idea of health insurance was first being formed, the thought was, okay, after World War II, everyone's going to come home, they're going to need jobs, so let's give them all of these great perks of getting a full-time job and starting a career. So we're going to put health insurance in the hands of the employers of the country to do... And that was great, getting people to work. At a time when when you worked, you worked for a company and you worked a living wage. You worked for years with the same people and the same organization and you grew through the ranks and all those things that were wonderful. And maybe that's how our grandparents and some of our parents formed their careers, but that's not how it works now because unfortunately, the companies by and large have learned how to game the system. And it's not about hiring full-time permanent employees and giving them benefits anymore. It's about hiring part-time employees at the maximum number of hours possible to not have to give them benefits. So giving them 39 hour a week jobs instead of 40 or 35 instead of 36, depending on the company, five hours, depending on the company. That system doesn't work anymore And unfortunately, because of the way it was structured, there are thousands of people in this country, probably millions, who are remaining in relationships because they have benefits through their partner, remaining in jobs they don't belong in, remaining in life situations that are not fulfilling or perhaps not even safe to them because without the health coverage, they won't be alive to suffer. And I'm reading all of these stories about people, especially in lower income communities, where they're simply not getting preventive care. And that's more expensive for everybody. And it takes that emergency doctor's attention away from someone who actually needs it acutely. And this is happening with all kinds of things, especially what's considered pre existing conditions, very manageable conditions like blood, sorry, like. A, diabetes, like high blood pressure, like high cholesterol. And my favorite is prenatal care. But apparently maternity care or, you know, to be inclusive, any parent who gestates their child, which could be a mother or a gestational father, are being turned away and will be thrown off of insurance with under this plan. And that's disgusting.
3: I learned that
0: if I move
3: to the US and get what is being dubbed as Trump care, I will not be allowed to get it due to the fact that I have a pre existing medical condition.
0: I think most of us have a pre existing medical condition. It's I think
3: alive. living counts as a pre existing medical condition.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, the interesting thing to me is that it would be so easy to sell single-payer health care to the American people at this juncture, and Democrats don't want to do it. They're so focused on being evolutionary and, and not revolutionary, and don't get me wrong, the Affordable Care Act or, quote-unquote, Obamacare is not perfect, but the things that it changed, the fact that people can go in and get things. And I am on Medicaid right now. I left medical school and I was getting insurance through my medical school. And now I'm unable to do that because I'm no longer a student there. And, you know, even the medical school, the group health insurance plan that it had, I found this hilarious, you know, it prohibited access to care for trans related services, specifically surgical services relating to trans care and theoretically anything else as well. Although I was getting the hormones covered, but then again, my doctors never actually listed why I was taking them. Oh, why is Hannah taking estrogen? Oh, she has a hormone thing. That's all. That's what they'd say here in the U S and they're great about finding little loopholes around the system, but the time and the energy that you have to spend finding your loopholes And that's under a system that by and large works, or at least under what preceded it. And yeah, so of course, a medical school where the school is supposedly teaching that trans care is medically necessary, their own insurance doesn't actually cover it. And that's how things are going to go back. Actually, just today, the state of New Jersey is voting to, and this is my home state, remove the ability of insurers to discriminate based on trans status when providing care for health insurance. Now, New York has already worked on this, and a number of other states have, I think about 10 or so, so far, are saying that all insurers must apply to the guidelines that this care is medically necessary. So we're just waiting to see how that comes about. Unfortunately, while it's going to be voted on by the state Senate today, I believe, the governor, still a Republican governor, is not likely to sign it. So then it becomes a question of whether or not they can do an override, and I think in this particular case they might.
3: I'm sorry, I'm a bit of, of in shock by your country. Can you provide your government with proper brains?
0: Evidently not.
3: I'm sure there are a few dead people who would be willing to contribute. And I'm sure there are a few living people who would be okay without brains because evidently they're not using them right now. Specifically Trump. Yeah. Did you hear his reaction to Fox News when he talked about
0: Comey? Oh my god. We're just so fatigued here talking about Trump. Apparently I'm he used one of his own hotels this president. week to hold a twenty twenty re-election fundraiser. He's your president.
3: I'm going to have so much fun making fun of Americans now.
0: You know, Israelis did it when George W. Bush got elected.
3: Because at, le- at least George W. Bush knew he was
0: kind of made, made fun of. And he had prior elected experience, although I have no idea still why Texas wanted him as governor. And yeah, who that? And he seemed like an, a human being. It's kind of amazing. I mean... Like, if he had the intelligence of a monkey, I'd say we put Donald Trump around a sea monkey.
2: Did you guys see what Mike Pence has done recently as well? I haven't seen. What did Mike Pence do? So, yeah, it's Pride Month, and normally people in positions like president and vice president will do something to promote such events, whether it's going to prides themselves or at least talking about LGBT plus issues. Um, Instead, Mike Pence went to support an anti-gay group called Focus on the Family. He went to one of their events and helped them push their traditional family values as they see it. Now, Mike
0: Pence is well known as a proponent of conversion therapy. And I think it's entirely consistent with the administration's stance right now that, LGBTQ people simply don't exist. Wait, we don't? I'm still invisible? Evidently. Shit! That explains so much. There's really no excuse for it, but at the same time, it's entirely predictable and consistent behaviour from this administration.
2: Thank you for taking the time to join us for another episode. We'll be back again at the end of the week with another brand new episode so keep your eyes open for that as we've dedicated a whole episode to one topic because it turned out it was too big to include in this show. If you would enjoyed this episode you can follow us on Twitter by going to at underscore everything left. You can also join our Facebook group by going to everything left podcast and you can subscribe to the show on all major podcast providers so that you never miss a new episode. So thank you everyone for listening and thank you Hannah and thank you Addie. And we'll see you all next time. Bye.